We are in the information age, also known as the digital age. This is an age where society has shifted away from the traditional industries into an era of technological advancement, into an era where the majority of the economy is based on information technology. Now we all know that the driving force behind this is the internet. In the early 1990s, the World Wide Web was launched and it has changed almost every facet of society, including spirituality. Now obviously, with great expansion, with great evolution, with positive change, there are also the seeds of contrast. What that means is, upsides and downsides come with the territory. Today, what I'm going to lay out before you are the dominant upsides and the dominant downsides to spirituality in the information age. First, let's start with the upsides. Number one, it is undeniable that the spread of information is what has secured mankind's dominance and rapid evolution over the last thousand plus years. Now we can debate later about whether or not that is actually in alignment with the um, greater universe itself and whether that's actually a good thing, but let's drop that argument for now and just say that for the sake of an upside, it's absolutely undeniable that the spread of information is what has put us in the dominant spot in the world today. <laughs> Human consciousness is expanding because of the internet and the information age. It is expanding exponentially. Anything that anyone wants to know is just one click away. So many people have access to spiritual information that they would never have had access to before. And as a spiritual teacher, you can get your information to people who would never have been able to access your information before. If someone is desperate and in pain, information about how to get out of it is literally one click away. It can be an incredible tool for good. Two, people used to be locked into their own culture, locked into their own spiritual beliefs. Better put, locked into the spiritual beliefs that they were exposed to and only that. What the internet has done, what the information age has done, it has made it so that this lack of exposure is pretty hard to create. Now, this means that people who would have been locked into their own culture and their own spiritual beliefs now are more likely to be exposed to alternative opinions, um, different spiritual practices, and a great many more tools. Basically, there are alternative spiritual paths to choose from instead of just one. <laughs> what this means to somebody like me is, we just might actually be capable of taking the best of what every spiritual path has to offer. Three, we are able to connect with and potentially meet up with people who we would never have connected to before the internet. This brings us actually closer to unification, or I should say it can. We all know that the information age has also led to a kind of isolation which we weren't aware of before. However, think about yourself, especially if you're in Teal Tribe. How many people have you met based off of this internet connection that you would never have connected to before? Now what's really interesting takes this concept of connection through the information age one step further is that the internet is a bit of a bridge towards what we call a group mind. A group mind has occurred in some species which steps people in the direction where everybody shares a similar perspective because in a group mind you have access to everyone's perspective. So it's about as close as a group or a species can actually get to objective perspective. So. 
What if the information age is stepping the human race towards the group mind? Collective consciousness. Could you imagine for a minute if every individual in a species knew what everyone in that species knew? Four. It used to be that spiritual teachers, gurus, priests, what have you, they were the way that other people accessed God or accessed non-physical dimensions. They were like a doorway that you had to pass through. What the information age has done is it has taken gurus and priests and all of these people off of their pedestals. Now, we're going to get into some of the downsides to this later, but one of the upsides to this is it forces people to have to find their own access to what they call God, what they call the greater universe, their non-physical self, their higher self, their own intuition. And this is beneficial because taking certain people off of the pedestal not only means that a person has to find their own empowerment, it also means that these people have less capacity to create uh, negative control dynamics by virtue of being the only way that people had to get to heaven, or the only way that people had to get to God, or the only way that people got this information. Five. This is the one that excites me the most, having been around a lot of times. <laughs> what the information age has done is it has made it so that information is available to all classes, all races, all abilities, all creeds. It's basically leveled the playing field in an incredible way. It used to be that the only way that you could actually gain information is if you were rich enough. It used to be that the only way you could gain information is if you were a man. It used to be that the only way you could gain certain information is if you had certain abilities. I mean, even people who are in a wheelchair, they really couldn't get to the top of some of these Chinese mountains where the Qigong masters lived. But now, because there's internet courses in Qigong, people who are in wheelchairs have access to that information. So it is the accessibility across all um, factions of society, shall we say, that impresses me the most about the information age. And of course, that which I love the most, because it creates collective awareness. Six, business is much better and much easier for those that are in the trade of spiritual relics. <laughs> those of you who absolutely love crystals know exactly what I mean by this. How exciting is it? Now you don't have to wait for a gem fair. That thing that you've always wanted is one click away. A better way of saying this is, because of the information age, there is much more abundance to be found on both sides in terms of spiritual trades. Seven, spiritual teachers have to up their game. With this constant inundation of new teachers, this constant inundation of uh, new ideas, new philosophies, this constant influx of your own following, challenging your thoughts and processes because of other things they've heard, it forces spiritual teachers to question themselves. It forces them to hone their teachings. It forces them to continue expanding and continue expanding so that what they're teaching is new and not the same old thing for thousands upon thousands of years. This creates massive expansion for teachers themselves. Eight, people are exposed to all kinds of information coming from all kinds of places. There's a reason that I also love this and that you should love this too. It's that people tend to be very locked down in terms of the way that their information has to come to them, the way a person has to look in order to teach that way. Now, what the information age has done is it has basically thrown this little element into the human consciousness, which is 
Actually, that thing you want to know could come from anywhere, at any time, and it could look like anything. Which has actually expanded the human mind and opened it in a big, big way. Because of this particular shift, extreme polarization is actually occurring within the human race, but extreme polarization tends to be the step of conflict before genuine integration occurs. So whether we can see it right now or not, this element is actually pulling us the fastest in the direction of genuine integration, where we consider every aspect of the universe itself to be an integral and important and valuable aspect to the greater whole. Nine, there are so many positive implications for globally organized events and situations. Things like globally organized meditations, globally organized prayers, movements, shared information. Now let's go to the downside, shall we? The first point is going to be the longest and the one that needs the most thought. So this first negative thing is that there's this idea within the spiritual communities that the more people that there are teaching, the better. Because all of this information is going to be spread even further and even more. This ideology actually isn't accurate. Now I know that a lot of you are going to balk at that, but I'm going to put a few points before you today. In the information age, everybody imagines themselves as having something relevant to teach. And everybody imagines themselves to be an influencer. This has created some key problems. First, anyone and everyone imagines that it is their place to be a spiritual teacher. People imagine themselves to be experts just based off of all the information that they have ingested, not even digested. As a result, there is absolutely zero respect or recognition of authority for genuine spiritual teachers and leaders. Second, competition in the spiritual field has become a hundred times worse than it is even in the professional sports world. Unless you want to work a day job and keep spirituality as a hobby, spirituality is also a business for healers and teachers. In a market that's flooded, competition is fierce. There's this illusion that many people in the spiritual field who haven't made this their business have, which is that teachers and healers and whatever, when we get together, it's this attitude of, oh my god, I love you and we all love each other and it's a family and we're changing the world positively together. This could not be any further from the truth. The way that it really works is like this. There's one expo per year, and there's three book contracts that are going to be offered to authors this year. And the attitude within the spiritual field is, it better be me instead of you. And the only way it's going to be me instead of you is if I have more followers than you. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This also opens the door really super wide for people who have terrible information, but are awesome at marketing. I'm going to tell you something that's going to probably creep you out today. Oprah Winifrey is actually more spiritually influential than almost every other spiritual leader in the world today. Except the Pope. Third, it has created diffusion for teachings instead of promoting teachings and teachers themselves. What happens in the information age is that people who learn from a teacher learn all they want to from the teacher until they imagine themselves to be capable of teaching. Back in the day, in order to amass a giant following, you had to be good at what you did. You had to be sharing good information. You had to be an incredible leader. You had to have a lot of charisma in order to create that. Today, there's a kind of thought that all you need is a computer. 
So this means often once the followers of a spiritual teacher have learned everything they want to from the teacher, they strike out on their own. They begin to compete with the original teacher by posting themselves as the new teacher, but using all the same content. Just to put this into context for you, because most of you are familiar with the story of Christ, right? <laughs> I want you to imagine that Christ spends years upon years or months in the information age disseminating his teachings and his information to all of his disciples. Now imagine that all of his disciples decide to claim Jesus' teachings as their own and set themselves up on a pedestal as equal to him. So now Matthew imagines himself to be a Christ. And now it's about the gospel according to St. Matthew. Now, what the people in the information age don't see is that this does not lend energy to Christ and Christ's movement. This actually takes energy from Christ. What this has created is this very distrustful, almost distant energy between gurus and their disciples, between teachers and the people who are following that content. Fourth, this saturation has actually lent itself to the human ego in incredibly, incredibly damaging ways. <laughs> so here's what I mean by that. In a market that is flooded not only by more genuine teachers, but also people who are completely unaware teachers, who don't have any place being in the dissemination of information type of a field, who just imagine themselves to be there and are there for the sake of their own ego, what happens is that it allows for people to teacher hop. Now, what somebody like me, this is actually my least favorite thing about the information age, I'll tell you. So this is my, my point number one for the issue with the information age and spirituality. Teacher hopping is fueled mostly and mainly by the ego. This is very different than finding what tools work for you and actually improving your spiritual practice based off of the exposure to other ideologies. This is, I'm gonna choose whatever ideology suits my ego. The spirituality of today is a fast track to avoidance. The spiritual path is not an easy path. The path of awakening burns away the layers of the human ego. It separates you from it so you can then integrate it. Now, many seekers have decided subconsciously that the reason they really want all this information and to be spiritually aware is because they think it's gonna lead them to some form of comfort. Now, this means they're gonna to gravitate towards whatever teachings are comfortable not whatever teachings are actually going to create awakening. I, I want you to think about that just for a minute. What are the negative implications if people gravitate towards those teachers and philosophies that make them feel the best? For example, let's say somebody's caught in an unconscious pattern. And so a specific spiritual teacher says, look, you need to do some shadow work. You need to look into these deep reasons and emotions behind why you're doing what you're doing so that you can actually gain your free will and start to make choices in your life to change that behavior. Now we, we already know that hearing that, that's probably not gonna be a super comfortable process. You probably have to face things about yourself you don't really wanna face. Now say there's another teacher out there who says something like this. You don't need to focus on any of that, actually, no, because you create your own reality. So all you need to do is focus 100% on what you want to have be created. You don't have to become aware of yourself at all. In fact, denial is a great thing when you're trying to create your own reality. Just focus on whatever feels good. Now, if you're a kind of person who just wants comfort, which one of these two philosophies are you going to side with? You're going to abandon the teacher you currently have and join up with this other one. Why? Because it feels good. A lot of things that feel good aren't necessarily good for you. I can tell you personally 
that as a spiritual teacher in the information age, the message that we continue to get through followers, and it gets worse and worse the more information that they have, is make me feel good. If you don't make me feel good, then I'm going to abandon you as a follower. Not only that, I might actually turn against you. That means that teachers like me are a little bit jealous of what it used to be like a thousand years ago, because people who actually respected authority, people who weren't able to teacher hop like this, when you, coming from your position of authority, were actually telling them, actually, this is something you need to face, this is something you need to focus on, people would actually listen. The likelihood of them actually listening today is very small. Two. I know point one was long, but now we're on point two. Point two is that now the spiritual field is completely wrought with confusion. What's happened in the information age is that people find themselves in a flood of opinions, a flood of spiritual philosophies, many of which are completely and totally contradictory. And so the kind of energy that's happening in following and, you know, seekers, let's call them seekers. The kind of energy that I see happening within seekers is this energy of like futility, sort of like I give up, I don't know anymore, I don't know which direction to go and I'm frustrated. Because it's the same sort of a feeling you'd have if you were caught in between two medical experts, especially when it's something that really matters, meaning that you feel like you're suffering or lack thereof, happiness, depends entirely on making the right choice. When you're caught in between two experts, both of whom disagree, you know what that's like medically, right? I'm about to live or die and this person says this thing and this person says the other thing. So that type of an emotional energy I don't think is very good, even though it forces people to find their own personal truth, and that's the ultimate objective reason the universe has created this for you. I don't really like the amount of confusion that I've seen in the spiritual field after the information age began. Three. In the information age, spiritual seekers and practicers have become extremely lazy. Because there is so much abundance of information, nobody's going to hike to the top of some hill in the Himalayas to get somebody's information. <laughs> Instead, people have an attitude of like, cover it in caramel and come back to me. <laughs> also, in the same vein, there is zero loyalty to a specific practice, zero loyalty to a specific path, and zero loyalty to a specific teacher. Now, I know that when I say zero loyalty to a specific teacher, you guys are going to look at me and say, that's Teal's shadow, because she just really wants people to be committed to her. But here's the thing. There is an actual reason to be committed to a path, and the Buddhists are the ones that figured this out. If you commit to one path and you really go as far as you can go with that one path, it means you've mastered it. In the information age, there's no mastery at all. Because a person will be like, okay, I'm going to dedicate myself to meditation. And they do that for like a day, two days, a week, maybe a month at the most. Then there's this other cool thing that comes across their awareness. And instead of really becoming masterful at meditation or masterful at this one technique that this one teacher teaches, or really like mastering the philosophy behind a teaching, you just jump and jump and jump and jump and jump. So people are becoming like that good and that knowledgeable about things and then collecting more and 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 more. Four, in the information age, there has been this extremely distinct split between the business of spirituality and the practice of spirituality. All teachers are forced in the modern era to have one foot in both, and what the business of spirituality requires is often a complete contradiction to spiritual practice itself. 
Basically, if you don't have an online presence and a really good and impressive one, you don't exist in the modern world. <laughs> what this has meant is that as a spiritual teacher, you have to be a social media star. As a social media star, you fade out of relevance the second you're not in people's faces. This means, just like every other social media star, your life is about updating people all day long. This means that era where spiritual teachers went into a cave for three years to meditate, to create their next teaching, to come back out again, is a non-existent thing. What this also means is, it doesn't matter whether you're an actual narcissist or not, you're going to look like one, because in terms of social media, your relevance in the world and people finding your content means you have to put images of yourself and your own information in front of people 24 hours a day. Six, every spiritual teacher and spiritual leader throughout history has had extreme opposition. I mean, for God's sakes, half of them end up dead. So it's not that that's changed, but what has changed is it's gotten a whole lot worse. In the information age, people who hate certain spiritual teachers have just as big of a stage as the spiritual teachers themselves. All you have to do to become significant enough and make a name for yourself is to go up against someone who people care about. Now, <laughs> I would love to tell you that the information age has created only a platform for the people who are disseminating positive information but it has created just as big a platform for people who are disseminating negative information. This means that slander campaigns created against aspects of spirituality or spiritual teachers or spiritual groups has gotten violent. What's worse is, is that people still believe they can believe anything that is written on the internet. So there's less to do about these slander campaigns than one would hope. There's no need for hate groups to put effort into meeting up in one location. They can connect from all over the world. They can be organized at a distance and constantly fueled. This has made the spiritual field even more dangerous. Security detail is now required for spiritual teachers in the same way that it's required for political figures and pop stars. Seven, the downside of the spreading of certain religious information in certain religious groups is evident. Extremist, racist, sexist, and dogmatic religious groups can now grow larger, spread more information, and pose much more of a threat. Eight. In the information age, attention spans have gone like this. Now what people want to do is they want you, as a spiritual teacher or any spiritual person who's disseminating information, I'm sure it extends beyond spirituality, what people want you to do is they want you to take all of this wealth of information, um, concepts that are so complex that a person could take a lifetime to study them. And what people want is for that to be condensed into a two-minute soundbite. This is not possible, just to get that out of the way. It is not possible, even for the people who are the very best in terms of oration, the very best at condensing complex information into easy-to-digest information. It's not possible. This is not personal transformation. This isn't genuine learning. What this is, is entertainment. It's a person wanting a two-minute hit of inspiration. It's more like a drug. That is not awakening. Nine. Spirituality has become a trend. Now in the information age, everybody wants to be in the known. Everybody wants to be doing what's in. And right now, unfortunately, spirituality is in. But what this is is surface spirituality. It's a facade. This is completely incompatible to the actual path of awakening. The information age can polarize. It can isolate. It can lead people further and further into ignorance. 
It can also unite, empower, connect us, and lead people further into awakening. I'm sure that you, as well as me, could find a whole bunch more upsides and a whole bunch more downsides to spirituality in the information age. But hopefully if you made it past the two-minute attention span of today, at least I opened your mind to some of the most dominant upsides and downsides to spirituality in the information age. Have a good week.